Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old sign? Happy New Year, everyone. Happy Halloween. I mean, Halloween. <laughs> Wow, wasn't that song amazing? Very festive, might I agree. Yes, I would agree. This is a late Halloween episode. It's not really about Halloween, though. It's about... This is uh, loose, loosely tied to Halloween. We have yeah. the culture that... Uh, a kind of Halloween that is no longer really celebrated, especially now where we are. No. Is, uh, not in Colorado. Comes from. Not in Denver. Yeah. <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> Yikes. Well, hey, listener. Well, what's up? Welcome back. Welcome back to it's Lord so of the Folks. It's so good to hear from you. It would be. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Um, okay. All right, well, let's get into it. What, <laughs> let's, are we, what are we talking about this week? Today, we're going to talk about Scottish culture. Wow. Yeah. They have that? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of hours I had to scrounge through to find something. I mean, God. too Too many. <laughs> Dead language, dead culture. <laughs> the uh, have you been on the the like Scottish government's yes. website mm-hmm. and like their culture tab? Yes, I have. They really dig in the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, they were like, oh. check out textiles. Textiles. Check <laughs> out William Wallace, the only famous person from Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> you like New Year's Eve? <laughs> How about Halloween? This is the second most popular song in the world. Incredible. But nobody knows it comes from Scotland. Yep. I didn't. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. The bagpipes truly are amazing. The ba- yeah, isn't seen... that the world's most hated instrument? I don't know. Not mine. I believe it's those or the accordion. Yeah, I think the accordion has the bagpipes beat. But then again, the bagpipes are kind of... Have you ever like stood next to someone playing live bagpipes? I saw a guy... He was like a street performer one time. He was playing yeah. bagpipes on a unicycle. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like you're just asking for tinnitus when you see bagpipes being played live. <laughs> like, they just really, they really get into your ears. Oh, man. And that, that shit's like right next to their ears, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're just deaf in one ear. No wonder <laughs> they always sound like shit. All the, all the musicians are half deaf. <laughs> <laughs> so join us, listener. Anyway, the rich history of this. and wrath on... Scottish culture, or lack thereof. <laughs> On an entire peoples. <laughs> We're bullying. Yeah, we cyberbullying a nation. Yep, it's true. All right, well. Okay, well, where do we want to start? I suppose. Oh, I've, I've got just a fun fact. This okay. doesn't really have to do with culture, but it's more like a historical thing. All right, hit me I thought it was pretty cool. So early Scottish dwellings, and we're talking still in the the BCE era, Ooh. The before Common Era. Fucking libs. <laughs> um, they had dwellings called Cronogs. Have you heard about these? Cronogs? That sounds yeah. like a god of war boss. I know. It, it really does. But Cronogs were basically huts that they built on locks. Lochs. Lochs. Excuse me. Um, to basically condense their uh well i get let me rephrase this it was basically to prevent ambush predators from killing them in the night so they would it would be pretty much a boardwalk to a hut out in the middle of a loch and all they had to do was watch pretty much that just watch one direction yeah instead of you know being in the woods or in open fields with predators bears Mm -hmm. wolves whatever just like prowling about looking for a meal 
Yeah. And then the only, you know, the only thing they have behind them is water that leads to the ocean. And it's not like, you know, the world's most formidable navy is your neighbor or anything. No. So, well, <laughs> nothing to worry about there. Not in the BCE era. Not in the BCE era. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I suppose in the, in the before times. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been yeah. practical. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have you ever seen like a primitive lathe? A what? A lathe. L-A-T-H-E. Uh, is that like a sex thing? No, it's <laughs> no, it's not a sex thing. <laughs> but it was basically, you know, did you ever take like wood shop or something in like middle school? What am I, Jesus? No, I never take a wood shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, there's a machine nowadays called a lathe. Okay. It's been called a lathe, I'm sure, since whenever. But they have a primitive version of this. Look it up. It's really okay. cool looking. Let's, let's... Um, but yeah, they would just press down basically on a large fan and it would rotate um, basically a rod, and then they would fashion wood or something on this rod, and as it would rotate at super high speeds, they would carve at it to make kind of like... Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, I see. You know, I didn't I didn't take a, I didn't take a woodworking class. I took pottery oh. in middle school. Ooh, and, you know, they have the thing, too, where, like, you push the pedal and it spins the thing, and then you, like, sculpt the... Yeah. You sculpt the pot. It's like the same thing, but for wood. <laughs> I probably should have taken wood shopping. This looks way cooler. Yeah, it is. It is very cool. Pottery, I definitely recommend it. I can't do any pottery without feeling like the girl from Ghost. You've seen Ghost, no. or like the the like sexy scene where she's doing pottery and like her boyfriend's behind her, like and they're just sculpting the thing together. It's very very yeah. phallic. Okay. Uh, you know, I think I might have actually seen a gif of that on like TikTok. Probably, or it's everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I should have done woodworking. Yeah. yeah. Check it out. I'm sure there's classes we can take today still. Yeah. I, I went to public school. They probably didn't even have it. Oh, same. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Mr. Dalrymple, shout out to Mr. D. <laughs> he was the woodworking teacher. Pretty cool guy. Anyway. Anyway. They, that, like, they just use primitive technology like that. That's that's trying to like date, I guess, the, the chronog. The chronog. Yeah. Okay. The hut. Lock hut. Lockhart, the Cronog. Yeah, cool name for it. Okay, anyway, that was just a fun fact. Not really culture or anything, just a cool historical tidbit, I think. I mean, I think it adds to the culture that, uh, you know, you kind of have to base your culture around, you know, your needs. That is true. That is very true. And once yeah. those needs are satisfied, that's when you get all the cool shit. Yeah. Music, poetry. The art and stuff, I mean. They're yeah. up, it's cold and windy and rainy up there, so oh, yeah. they, they had to do a lot of knitting. I was reading that at oh, least yeah. every every household had, like, a dedicated knitter. Mm -hmm. Like, and that was, like, all they do is just, like, make thick clothes and yeah. sheer sheep and shit to, <laughs> to do that. Yeah, and to then, keep warm. Yeah, but they got really good at it, so they could weave the patterns, and now plaid is famous. Yeah, absolutely. Who knew? <laughs> the only good thing to come out of Scotland, <laughs> plaid shirts. Dude, they fucking milk it in the... In the government website, oh, oh, I like check out it. Scottish fashion, <laughs> and it's all just variations yeah. of plaid. Be like, we go to European fashion shows. Oh wow! It'll just be like a plaid blazer. Yeah, what a flex! What going a flex. to a European fashion show with plaid. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> anyway, so whatever Scottish listeners are yeah. still listening. <laughs> Hey, I looked at our data. I, I noticed that we have some Netherlands listeners. Ah, from the Netherlands. Yeah, so thank they're you. They're probably soaking this up right now. Yeah, they're, they're like, probably like, fuck Scottish We're way people. fucking cooler yeah. than <laughs> Just wait. Next season. Next season, <laughs> dropping the hinga dinga dirga fucking jokes on your head. Hinga dinga dirga. What the fuck you got a hinga dinga do about it? <laughs> okay, well, what do we got going on? Okay, so speaking of 
speaking of, of the before times. Yes. Or the before CE times. <laughs> <laughs> um, I looked into that for a while. A lot of, uh, mostly the ancient, like, Celtic. Yes. Type, the uh, pre-Christian. And I looked more into, like, the religion and stuff since we talked a lot about, like, the history. Cool. In the previous episode. Mm-hmm. And I find that um, not a lot of it was recorded. And we had spoken about this um, in the previous episode, that a lot of the, the culture and whatnot had to be sort of inferred through the architecture mm-hmm. that was left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the writings on that time period uh, leading up into like the modern era was from Roman sources. Gotcha. And those are all incredibly biased. Oh, yeah. I don't doubt it. <laughs> Since the Romans, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Early Celts had barbaric cultures. Yeah, pretty much that's you. it. I had been looking into um, ancient Celtic religion and Druids and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And while it seemed like in reality, Druids were essentially, they did the same thing as like what you would picture any other religious leader to do. Sure. Could like, we even like apply this to like, say like, medicine men of like you do just like this kind of there's a mystical air about them but really it was just like a, but a it common was, knowledge of like herbs yeah they were like just that. like someone who was smarter okay. than everyone else yeah. they were like this steady studious type gotcha um and similar to like a christian mythology or christian religious practices they uh at least the old the old school ones the pre uh pre nailing the fucking list on the door yeah <laughs> um <laughs> They were like served as the liaisons between the the unwashed masses and the gods themselves. Gotcha. And this was not uh, monotheistic religion. Mm-hmm. This was yeah polytheistic. Polytheistic. Pagan. There was a whole there was a whole pantheon. Yeah, Celtic cool. paganism, as it's called, and they're nice. widely associated with yeah, the idea of paganism. You know, you picture pagan when you picture druid. You picture like this sort of like spells and shit. Yeah, like the Celtic fucking lady wearing leaves and shit like running around the woods oh yeah throwing spells out like like that kind of okay wearing antlers and shit it's Mm -hmm. like that when reality a lot of like the earlier drawings from non-roman sources see druids like they're robed they're dressed like they're dressed like monks they're just like priests stuff like that though uh julius caesar (laughs) wrote (laughs) about my man caesar coming back (laughs) he wrote about um something uh called a wicker man <laughs> you know what a wicker man is uh i think there wasn't there just a movie that was released no that was the there was a movie with nicholas cage in it the called wicker the wicker man what is the wicker man it so, sounds like voodoo it is like yeah it's pretty much that but it's not like it's like uh you know how how the biased source from the other side would describe it <laughs> yeah so it was seen as like a, a mixture of a punishment device and a sacrificial thing so the romans had been regularly cited stating that uh, druids were essential for the religious practices of pagans like they always had to be present because they were those liaisons to the gods Mm -hmm. but that those practices often involved sacrifice of the human variety Ah. and the wicker man was one thing that it was like a bunch of wood cages with people in them that would be built up into the statue of a man Mm -hmm. and then they burn it Okay, I okay, I know what you're talking about. Talking about the wicker man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that is. So you crazy. got like your wood cages. Yeah. Stuff them with hay. Yeah. And light that Happy shit up. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe. Yeah. Let's see. Um, 
I had a quote from, mm-hmm. let's see how I pronounce his name, uh, Diodorus Sicilus, or Diodorus of Sicily. Okay. He was a, he was a Greek historian, and he, um, he had written about a Druidic ritual and the importance of the prophets in them. Like these men predict the future by observing the flight and calls of birds and by the sacrifice of holy animals. Hmm. All orders of society are in their power, and in very important matters they prepare a human victim, plunging a dagger into his chest. By observing the way his limbs convulse, and as he falls in the gushing of his blood, they are able to read the future. Wow, divination. Divination. <laughs> and you you had told me about uh, other like forms of this, of like sacrificing, yeah. or, you know, throwing random things away well, to yeah. the future. Divination. Divination. That, that was a huge aspect of the Hallow's Eve, which mm-hmm. is what we call Halloween today. You want me to get into it? Yeah, get into it. Get into it. Did it involve candy? Uh, not really, actually. Candy's kind of a, a new thing, comparatively. So, Halloween, originally, uh, uh, it was a, a Gaelic, um, oh, did I write it down? I thought I, yes, it's a Gaelic festival called, uh, is it Samhain? Samhain? S-A-M-H-A-I-N. But basically, it would be about a week of partying. They would light a giant bonfire. Um, and they would, they would drink, they would party, they would hold contests and things like that. Mm-hmm. They even did things like apple bobbing where like, you know, your hands are behind your back and they had a basin of water with fruits in it that you had to try to catch with your teeth. Nice. Those were like the contest, uh, the contests. Um, it basically, uh, Hallow's Eve marks the end of harvest and the beginning of winter. So from fall to winter, pretty much, um, at this time too, this was like an, uh, spiritually, this would be a close time where kind of the overworld, like the spirit world, would converge with our world. And so spirits, fairies, these types of things are more likely to appear during this time. So they built the bonfire as kind of a holy uh, ritual to kind of scare away any ghosts from the community or any spirits that would try to come in and cause malicious intent. Uh, Okay, so some little traditions that I have here. Uh, One of them is like divination. But this is much more tame compared to human sacrifice and <laughs> watching muscles convulse on a dead body or dying body. This is most likely the truer form of it, as the divination <laughs> yeah. I read about was from the Roman and yeah, source. a Roman lens for yeah. sure. So, so this one is just about like a, a divination of romance. Mm-hmm. So you would take two hazelnuts and you would name one after yourself and one after your crush or your potential prospect, and you'd throw them into the massive bonfire. Now, if they flew out and kind of exploded out, bad mojo, bad sign. Don't, Ooh, don't go for don't it. Don't stick it in crazy. Yeah, exactly. Now, if they kind of slowly, gently roasted, okay, you you know, this this is a good sign. This is good luck. Mm. A couple other traditions we have here. Uh, <laughs> I have neap lanterns. So uh, with the bonfire, people would also carve scary faces into turnips, which they called neeps. And this is where we get the jack-o'-lanterns from. Mm, it started um, with turnips. Yeah, started with turnips. So they would carve them, uh, use them as lanterns, and then they would the scary faces that were carved would scare away any spirits as well. We're uh, how do we get to pumpkins then? I don't know. Is that like <laughs> good question? Is that a North American thing? What are the, yeah, the website just said it's I don't know. Hmm. Pumpkins are maybe it is just kind of our American culture for pumpkins. It's like instead of turnips, pumpkins native to. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then finally, too, we have guising. And this is 
this is the like Halloween trope. Sounds like the Mormon thing, like soaking. <laughs> it's not soaking. Geysing. <laughs> I just learned about that the other day. That is so gross. So weird. It's sex. It's just <laughs> soaking is literally having sex. You're God not... can't see it. Yeah. It's not sex. Yeah, no. God is watching and he is very ashamed. <laughs> There's no loophole. Yes. <laughs> anyway, geysing is literally kids dressing up as ghouls and spirits. This was to help them blend in from any malicious spirits so they wouldn't target children. And then they would go door to door, knocking on doors, playing tricks or singing songs. And in return, instead of candy, they would be given gifts or charms to help ward off evil spirits for this holiday. Okay. Yeah. So kind of much different from where we are today. Yeah. But that's Halloween in a nutshell. Wow. Imagine with the romance one, like just pulling up on a girl with that pickup line. Like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Got these two nuts. The nuts said we should hook <laughs> up. Are going to bust or not? <laughs> 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 toss the nuts in the fire yeah. <laughs> they say it's gonna they say we're the light's green <laughs> i got another nut <laughs> it's slow roast <laughs> i also looked it up and pumpkins are native to uh central america oh okay that makes sense so that's probably yeah Maybe, yeah probably just for convenience i mean yeah they probably just didn't become a thing until yeah. and and then good old American marketing took over. Yep, and here we are now. Here we are now. Pumpkins. Jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah, how weird. It's so weird looking at, like, old traditions and seeing how warped they are in, like, today's <laughs> lens. It's strange. It's whatever, though. It is weird. Yeah. We should do a Christmas special on that. The Cryptid of St. Nick. That would be cool. Krampus. Krampus. That's the German. You know about Krampus? Isn't he? Didn't he just go and, like, fuck up the bad kids? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, I think, where we get the idea. But instead of coal for Christmas, I think he would, like, eat them. I'm pretty sure he would eat them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, boogeyman style. Yeah. But he would also have, like, a little assistant come with him. And the assistant would, like, I think let Krampus know if it was bad. Or, I don't know. I saw that in, like, a I took German class in high school, like, six okay. or seven years ago. I only saw the movie Krampus that came out. Oh, yeah. Like, I haven't. Is it? Never mind. Krampus looks cool. In yeah. It. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Fair enough. But... But okay, yeah, so okay. that that history of, yeah. So there was this, yeah. lots of spirituality and stuff yes. and like that, as well as the ideas of polytheism. Mm -hmm. And we see that progress from the traditional Celtic polytheism. As the Romans began to invade, there began to be something known as Gallo-Roman religion, mm. in which the ancient Celtic religions and the Roman religions were beginning to somewhat blend. Yeah. And what that did, it just sort of like added the Roman gods to their pantheon more or less or like certain ones that sure would help i think the main one that the scots worshipped was minerva mm. who's the goddess of wisdom um and like defensive warfare gotcha which i could see why they might need that yeah that seems like a good god to pray to yeah when you're in scotland and that's the roman equivalent of, of like athena from yeah. greek mythology that's sort of what athena has evolved into mm -hmm. hmm. and then into roman religion so yeah so it's Very interesting cool. to see how in ancient Gaelic religion, there was, uh, or Celtic religion, you know, Athena made her way up there. Yeah, that is very interesting. Been around. Yeah, and it's interesting too that it, it was good from a polytheistic sense and then a good transfer into like monotheism when Christianity began taking over and you have things written like the Celtic cross mm -hmm. and things and certain stories blend together. Kill me. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like it's a very, I don't know. It's either diffusion or they're just, well, it is diffusion. I think this it's is also more... also that they're, like, complementary in a sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. So I think, yeah, given that the Roman pantheon was also pantheon, just that yeah. polytheistic is easy to fuse there. Mm-hmm. And the Christian one, which I'd love to go into at some time, the spread of Christianity oh, yeah. in Europe, where they oh. just pretty much went everywhere and were like, oh, yeah, this this practice, it's actually a Christian thing. <laughs> yeah. You just didn't know it all you along. Just, <laughs> you were following <laughs> you know? God's plan. This pagan holiday? Jesus's birthday. <laughs> what do you know? They're like crossing it out on their calendar, yeah. rewriting it over their holiday. They're like, "What are you? It's the same religion." <laughs> I can't believe it. Who would have thunk it? All right, here's your Bible. Wow, incredible. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Well, and that's uh, that was really the next subject I was talking about was the Christianization of oh, cool. Scotland. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, so. The early spread of Christianity, as we talked about, pre-Charlemagne, stuff like that, very, it's pretty chill, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. you know, monks would just roll up, they'd be taught how to read, then they'd set out on, like, pilgrimage, this, or not, what's it called? Evangelization? Kind of like that. I don't know, what, what, what's the thing they do with the Mormons? What's the thing? On a mission, they go out on oh, missions. mission trips. Okay. They go on mission trips. Yeah. And they just go out to a region and make them Christian. Yeah. And, you know, so they'd roll up, they'd be like, hey, I'll fuck, I'll teach you how to read, you gotta, <laughs> teach you how to know medicine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And these monks and these priests were very similar to the Druids, and there was lots of natural diffusion at first. Um, and then once they got their fucking claws in there. Yeah, Christian claws. <laughs> the Christian claws. Um, I believe it's, I'm looking at around 900 CE here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started banning shit. Oh, like Celtic shit. Yeah. Okay. Like Celtic, so a lot of the a lot of the traditional like Druidic rites and whatnot. Mm. Just get the band hammer. Yeah. Get the old noose out. Get the old noose. They're like, the yeah, this is the same quarter. stuff. We do the same things. Only we're we're just gonna do my thing now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Once they kind of gunga ginga like you know all the all the governments down south and got their military might behind them. Now we can. Yeah. Now, now, it's, get, now it's trouble for the Scots. Now it's showtime, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bish, you guessing. <laughs> 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 yeah. But that's that's essentially the Christianization. Of, that makes sense. I watched a... Have you seen Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia? Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia? Mm-hmm. No. He's basically, he just goes around like the world and does crazy drugs and researches them. He's like a chemist. But um, he goes one on one trip. He goes to South America to look for magic mushrooms in like their natural growing area. But he comments on like the religious events that they hold there, and that like they have they're they're Christian, but they also have their um, their native roots kind of planted in there. You know, lots of herbs and things mm-hmm. and ceremonies and stuff like that. And it was kind of like a hidden way to practice their faith under the guise of Christianity, so they wouldn't be persecuted. I'm curious if that would be something similar, like with the Celts. That'd be interesting. Yeah, just, just food thing. for thought. I, that is, thought. that is nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, one other thing I want to say is, um, yeah, during this Christianization, uh, in traditional Druidic lore, mm-hmm. uh, males and females could be played a part of religious leader. Oh wow! Um, while in the Christian Church, it's traditionally just the male's yeah. role. Um, so, and the name for female Druid is a Bandrui. Bandrui? Okay. Bandrui? Yeah, Bandrui. Yeah, and they did all the same stuff for the most part the men did. Yeah. They knew herbs, they knew religious rites, they knew a whole bunch of stuff. Very cool. And um, 
during this like holy roman era of it that's where sort of that um that i suppose misrepresentation that like that image of uh the druid being like you know, just some crazy woman in the woods, like, yeah. eating hearts and shit. Uh-huh. It was not only to sort of... Um, Wendigo-looking ass. Wendigo-looking <laughs> ass. Yeah, that, that, more than just an attempt to ostracize, like, the culture as a whole, but also the role that women played in gotcha. religion. That is very interesting. Well. It, is, it was mostly them. Yeah. And that's why, yeah, so, like, that pagan Wiccan shit and how that, yeah. Yeah. How that's often associated the... with women is probably because... Romans previously did so. Sure. And then they all, culture. you know, their entire religion is based off of a woman betraying God and Adam. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, <laughs> there's some, there's some deep seated, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's still a little butthurt over that part. Yeah. I imagine whoever wrote that in the Bible just like got into an argument with his wife. He's like, you know what? <laughs> My fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> this is going on the stone tablet. <laughs> <laughs> Take my fucking dog. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I'll take Man. your rights. <laughs> I'll take your rights. <laughs> uh, the Christian religion is just based around the world's first incel. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Got him. Hmm. Well, I for my culture, I focus more on the Highland Scots. Okay. Mostly in like the like the 1500s to 1700s. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's hear about it. Okay. Let's get into I'm going to start with the clothing first. Okay. Uh, so Highland Scots, this is this is not lowland territory. These are kind of big, vast, open, cold, rainy, miserable, <laughs> cold landscapes. Um, so a big thing for Highlanders was body control and temperature. Hmm. So the typical clothing of a Highlander that you'd see, they'd have a bonnet, which was made of a very thick wool that they could put on their head. And they were flexible, too. So you could wear it just like, you know, kind of at the top of your head like a hat. Mm-hmm. Or if it was really cold at night, you could throw it over your ears. Mm-hmm. So the bonnet was like a multi-purpose hat, pretty much. And you could also use it as a bag to forage if you needed to or something like that. Um, then we go on to the scarf. You can kind of see mostly it's not like a long scarf or anything, but, you know, just a piece of cloth around their necks that would take, to keep warm during winter times yeah but it could also work inversely in summer periods where you could just soak it in like a river or a loch and then throw it around your neck to control that body temperature still you have to keep in mind that they're pretty much wearing wool at all times yeah so for the cold that's really great for summer that's Not really so much. hot yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay then uh yeah undercoat and uh a, a coat over that undercoat guess what it's made of um yes how did you know that lucky guess (laughs) lucky guess um yeah and then typically the waist down was bare save for the kilt um now in like truly cold weather they might fashion wool stockings or something to keep themselves warm um or uh they would they would have hide shoes it really would depend on your income level in mm. your feudal society, yep, not <laughs> if, you, if you were poor, you were you were highlanding. You barefoot. would fall your balls out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd be you'd just be running barefoot. Um, if you were you know somewhat wealthy or came from you know not just a commoner background, you'd likely at least have some sort of hide shoe 
on your feet as you're traversing the, yeah, the that'd landscape. That'd be tough. That's like some rocky landscape. Very rocky landscape. They got some hobbit-looking ass oh, feet. Oh, yeah, for sure. Can we get some pictures of Scottish feet in the, uh, in the <laughs> comments? Just to, I'd like <laughs> yeah. to compare. Yeah, we need some for, Scottish, for Scottish feet. For historical, for academic purposes. Yes, nothing else. <laughs> and I get some Scottish feet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. And this is by far the most iconic and possibly the most important article of clothing that a Scot has. You want to take a guess? I have an idea what it is, but... Go ahead, take a guess. Bagpipes. <laughs> No. The great sword. It's a, that, no. It's the kilt. Uh, it's the kilt, silly. Oh, the kilt. So kilts, I mean, they were around the waist, and then I believe they were called, was it tar tartans? Tartars? But kind of a longer sash-looking thing that you could have accompanying your kilt. They're essentially one and the same. Just think of the kilt as a multi-purpose survival blanket. Multi-purpose survival blanket. Yeah. You could use it as a sack. Uh, if it was like wrapped around kind of like your shoulder and your waist. You'd have a lot of extra room to throw stuff in there. You could use it as a blanket during winter time, uh, or even bedding. If you had some like loose leaves or something, you could set your kilt down and wrap yourself up in like a burrito fashion. I had seen there's like a I don't know if it's like a meme or a stereotype or something, but that they would just kind of go commando under the kilt. Oh yeah, they they did. So what then? So we just we just cock in and out. We just cock out in it. Yeah. While when the kilt's off, when the kilt's being used for uh -huh. other purposes. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, when it's used like a sash or stuff, the kilt is still around your waist and covering your your <laughs> cleavage, <laughs> the lower cleavage. But like, say for sleeping too, you could use it as a makeshift kind of tarp over like some branches to make like a little tent or something like that. These guys were absolutely brilliant. Yes. Right. Everything on their on their body was like multi-purpose. Imagine you need to cozy up with your lady. You're like, okay, I have a blanket, but unfortunately, <laughs> oh, I gotta take off. <laughs> unfortunately, my dick's gonna be out. If we I gotta use take it. off this blanket, but it's also my pants. So <laughs> my moldy tool is also my pants. Whenever I'm using it, I'm yeah. free burden it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's a culture thing. Yeah, it's it's a culture <laughs> it's thing. It's a religion thing. Can yeah. I get a religious exemption? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Okay, so going back to the kilt. We never left. Yeah, we, going back to the clothing article, not the <laughs> hypothetical erotic scenarios you're conjuring up. <laughs> I'm going to start writing fan fiction. Um, kilts could kind of be one of two uh, color fashions. They could be clan colors, if you belong to a clan and were kind of high in status. Um, or they would be dyed with the local flora of your area. And in that sense, too, kilts could act as a sort of camouflage because they're just using the same colors as all the plants around kind of this, this biome. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, then we have, um, well, you have kind of your belt. This is where you keep your daggers, maybe a small wooden bowl fashioned, like a lace, uh, a hide lace through it or a leather lace to kind of string it to your belt that you could use as a cup for water, for oats. Something of that nature. Mm. Um, now, the knives, the most important knife that a, a Highlander would carry would be their dirk. Greatsword. No, dirk. Okay. <laughs> dirk, basically, this was like, if you had a, a dirk and it had like the sigil or was given to you by um, like a clan leader, you, you essentially, the dirk showed that you were a vassal. Mm. A clan king, a leader, chief, whatever. It's like your hall pass. Exactly. So like where, you know, Christians would swear on the Bible. Scots would swear on their sword, on their blade. And so it was a weapon. It was basically used for 
fighting, self-defense. It could be used to butcher and carve animals out, but for the most part, it was it was a fighting weapon. Okay. Uh, they had a couple other knives. One of them was kind of small for eating, and the other was for skinning. Um, okay. Obviously, you need to make fire, so they would carry flint and steel. Lots of tinder starting. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, they would carry, this is cool, horseshoe fungus. So there's a mushroom fungus. that you could pick. It was kind of, you know, from dying trees, but it would dry up, and it would work like a perfect like fire starter pretty much and it mm. would slow burn too so you could really get a fire going on it throw some logs on top of it boom so they're using their environment a lot and pretty much everything they're carrying yeah uh then yeah fire starting equipment like a bow drill um they would sometimes have like a leather purse uh this could contain perhaps uh trading goods or mostly primarily oats oats and they would dip it in beeswax too to make it waterproof so you mm. wouldn't ruin your your meal supply, pretty much. Oats can get you through quite a few days without hunting if you needed it. So it's kind of this like backup reserve, or you could have it with your meal as well. That's all non-perishable. Yeah. Booyah. Okay, and then, yeah, just some other, uh, you know, sometimes they would carry maybe walking sticks or stuff, long treks, just help for extra support, and it could be for defense too, uh, just as a basic blunt weapon in case they were under attack by say Englishman or a predator. <laughs> <laughs> What's or the difference? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then some of them too would carry a pack. It strictly depends on kind of how far they were looking to journey out into the highlands because uh, packs would be more weight, which would cost more energy. So if they can make it without a pack, they, they very well could just forage off of like, you know, their kilt yeah. uh, and just use that as pockets or their bonnet as you know, an extra bag or something. Yeah. And so that's kind of, uh, that's, what a Highlander would wear. That's a day in the life of a Highlander That's kind of the, traversing the, the typical Scottish. Scottish drip. Yeah. The Scottish drip. <laughs> yeah. Steal my look. Booyah. Now, during this time, too, uh, we're going to move to women. <laughs> okay. They were property. <laughs> That's it. Feudal system. They were used to bind marriage laws, land laws, that sort of thing. Basically... At that point, England already kind of had some of their culture diffused into them. Okay. Women kind of regressed from, yeah. as you explained, you know, they could be a religious they leader. religious leaders, yeah. To, uh, I'm the son of a chief, and I'm going to marry you so we can combine our clans. That's it. Isn't that nice? Yeah. I think I said the son of a chief, the daughter of a chief. Yeah, the son I mean. of a chief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of women, let's talk about weddings. Oh, what's the what's the typical Scottish wedding like? This typical Scottish wedding is somewhat similar to what we have. They would do wedding bands, the whole shindig. Mm. Um, and at this time, too, you have to keep in mind, Christianity had already had its roots in Scotland for a couple hundred years at this point. Okay, what, so, around what like year would you say? This is, like I said, this is like 16 to 1700s okay. era. All right. So, yeah, a marriage before God. But they, they still had their Scottish uh, tweak to it. Okay. Okay. So What's that Scottish tweak. Yeah, that Scottish. You know, those guys in Glasgow just fucking tweaking. <laughs> tweaking out. Okay, here's some superstition. Right foot forward. The bride always on her wedding day, whenever she moves, she has to move with her right foot forward. Uh, this could possibly be a Christianity, a slight Christianity nod. Uh, but basically, walking down the aisle, start with your right foot forward. Walking away from the aisle, right foot forward. Walking to the party, right foot forward. Hell, even, you know, walking to the bedroom or, like, walking to get ready to get your wedding dress on, right foot forward. 
the idea was that if you step with your left foot forward, it's bad luck. If you know anything about Christianity, <laughs> left left-handed people, oh boy, left is considered evil and bad, That's and the right devil's is considered hand. divine and good. Yeah. So right foot forward, that was big. Uh, brides would also kind of they would get uh, bridles. Basically, uh, the it comes from two words, which means uh, bride and drinking. So they would have bachelorette parties. So for a couple of days, they would just get just wasted. Nice. Uh, they would do these things called penny bridles, where someone would, to admit into the party, you would just chip in a penny <laughs> to the <laughs> pot, and then like, everyone would just go berserk. And but uh, <laughs> a law actually had to be passed <laughs> because they... <laughs> Direct people were just running amok in the street every time there was a wedding. So they had to set 20 people tops for a penny bridal. Who who had to set this rule? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Was I like didn't the have British, it probably. Down. I think it was the British. They would. Yeah, it had to be. Ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they partied so hard they had to get a law enacted for every it. Time. Dude, if I was a medieval woman, my bachelorette party would never end. I just, oh, yeah. I would just want to be wasted all yeah, the time. Just, <laughs> And you were. And you were. <laughs> okay. So on the eve of the wedding, too, uh, there was the ceremonial feet washing. Uh, now, they, the source I got this from, it said that perhaps this could have been a tradition long before the 16 to 1700s, mm-hmm. where women were barefoot. And so they would wash the feet to make the woman pure. And As they, you were they, saying, they'd yeah. be fucking, the peasants would just be walking around yeah, barefoot all exactly. the time. Exactly. So, yeah, they would wash the feet and kind of make the woman pure for the for the groom. Mm. And while this was happening, all the men would huddle around the door trying to get a sneak peek of those juicy feet. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, and then the, the, the bridegroom would be pulled and he would be placed in the room with her. And just he, kind of... He'd get to look at the feet? Yeah, he'd get to look at the feet. <laughs> Full frontal. Full frontal foot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then the wedding happens... It's similar to kind of a Christian wedding. Okay. They would go to a church, typically. There, uh, I mean, there were some accounts, too, where it would just be a house. And it would be slightly informal, but there would still be kind of a religious authority there to kind of administer um, marriage between man and woman. Uh, then afterwards, you would have the Feast of All Feasts. That's not an actual saying, but they, they I mean, they... A wedding was just a fucking party time, dude. Like, <laughs> drunk before the wedding, days before, hungover on your wedding, drink at the night of your wedding, pretty much. Fuck yeah. So they would all just party, party hard. Okay. Um, let's see. Major feast. The bride and groom would be physically carried to their home where the, <laughs> the after party would continue. <laughs> and then this is the tradition, too, of the man carrying the wife into the home because it was bad luck if she tripped on her way into the house <laughs> so that's where you know you see that in like those you know i don't know even disney movies had it like from up he carried anyway uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what you know what i mean no, we you know, we yeah just up. just a cultural cultural bleeding i guess into like modern pop yeah. culture anyway so then they would celebrate a little more and then we get to the fun part Bed in the bride. Bed in the bride. So the bride would say, oh, I think I'm going to retire for the night. And everyone's all like, bed in the bride. Bed in the bride. <laughs> and they pick her up and carry her to her room. They'd give her platters of like meat, bread, cheese, all this shit. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Is it? Was it whiskey? I can't remember. It was whiskey or up in admission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They would just give her, oh yeah, yeah, whiskey, bread, and cheese. 
And so a cer- the ceremony of this would end. So they're pretty much just setting the stage for consummation. Like I was, yeah, was going to say, like, meat? You want meat on your yeah. breath? Wedding night? <laughs> <laughs> and then the priest would come in, too. He would bless the couple. He would bless the house. And then he would bless the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of the, the, the wedding ceremony. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I could see how the well, well, modern medicine has made... Um, the the process of conception to delivery much smoother much back in the smoother. day was <laughs> back in know, the day you prayed you just prayed <laughs> it was like a 50 50 chance your wife's gonna be dead yeah <laughs> upon delivery oh yeah so i could see where they, they might need some blessings yeah like oh absolutely could you imagine that in like today's <laughs> betting the bride betting the bride <laughs> for your wedding we just carry you to your house <laughs> <laughs> Light some candles for you. Wow. I think I can think of nothing more romantic. Oh yeah. Than, than betting the bride. Than, than, than the first love making session as a married couple. Oh, prepped yeah. by the homies. Yeah. <laughs> now that's true love prepped right there. The, <laughs> prepped by the Xbox party. Chat. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nothing sets the stage. Oh but... yeah, such a mood, so oh, romantic. Quite the mood setter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I just got. I think all I have left is a couple notes on oh food, poetry, uh, and then golf. And then uh, I'm done. Golf. We'll start with golf. Golf was a Scottish invention. Fun fact: mm. the OG golf balls were actually leather balls stuffed with feathers. And the clubs are very similar to, like, what you'd see in a driver today, but mostly wooden, made of mm. wood. Um, but, yeah, kind of cool. You know that like golf is uh, pretty much the reason we have lawns now? Uh, no. Like in the <laughs> like in the U.S. and in the Western world? No. It was like, you know, the British take a crippling addiction to things that aren't theirs. Yeah. They also, <laughs> they also wanted golf from the Scots. Oh. Yeah. Makes sense. And that eventually made its way to the Western, to the New World. Gotcha. Um, but North American grass is very different from, like, European grass. <laughs> European grass yeah. is a little more like, naturally short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, North like, American grass? Prairie grass. It's prairie grass. Yeah. yeah, it's long. There's usually, like, weedy shit on the end. Ooh, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's good for, like, you know, fostering a healthy forest. Yeah. <laughs> but not so much for golfing. Amen. <laughs> so we got to dig that shit up. <laughs> Wow. They got, yeah, those Native American burial grounds. Get some <laughs> European seeds in there <laughs> yeah. so you can make a golf course. Then it became, you know, golf is a, sort of like a status symbol. Yeah. You play. It's an expensive sport. Yes, it's an expensive absolutely. hobby. Only the wealthy play golf. Yeah. If you, if you play golf, you're rich. Mm-hmm. And since you'd have to, in North America, create the space you're going to play golf on, yeah. having golfing-like space means you're cool. Very true. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Post-World War II, when we're all divvying up our little, you know, slice of the American dream, yeah. everyone wanted that status symbol, hmm. and uh, so that's why we have, like, short lawns like that. Weird. Those weird lawns like that, because it's, like, based on golf We're courses. clamoring to the bourgeoisie. Clamoring to the bourgeoisie. We wish our lawns could be big enough for golf. Wow. Incredible. We just made mini golf. Yeah. <laughs> that is fun, mini golf. But, I F with. It is fun. Yeah. Cool. Back back to what you're saying. Yeah, so we're weird, gonna, weird sidetrack. One of the most traditional foods that I found was haggis. Haggis. Have you heard of haggis? I've heard of it. I don't even know what's in it. Yeah. So, well, 
It could be a lot of different meats. I have here pork, beef, lamb lungs. Um, lamb lungs? Yeah, lamb lungs. So I was intrigued fact, when you said lamb and then yeah. you said lungs. Like, yeah. Oh. So fun fact, they outlawed haggis in the U.S. and Canada in 1971 because they thought lamb lungs could be a great carrier for tuberculosis. In 1971. 1971. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. But, yeah, so haggis is outlawed. You can't have it here in the U.S. Netherland folk, you probably have it good over there. Digging into Wait, haggis. It's still, it's still outlawed? Oh, yeah. That's why it was, it'll, yeah, be a bill. I thought that was like a weird, dumb, like little, you know. No, no it's outlawed and it's outdated. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, most of our laws, pretty much. I suppose there's bigger issues to present to the federal government than unbanning haggis. President Biden. President Biden. I come to you I need your Britain. immediate attention. <laughs> I require haggis. <laughs> okay, anyway, right. haggis, so it's, yeah, it's basically, um, traditionally you could just say lamb logs. They would grind them up, pretty much, make it mm. into a nice thing. Um... And then you would mix it with seasoning, sometimes oats, um, and then you would wrap it in animal stomach or intestines. Um, and then you would cook it. You cook it pretty much three times. You cook the lungs, you cook it with seasoning, and then you cook it fully wrapped up in the intestine or the stomach. And then that's that's haggis. Haggis. Yeah. Um, haggis is kind of a big deal, uh, considering that the national poet of Scotland, Robert Burns, wrote an address to haggis, which they celebrate once a year on Burns Day. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all recite <laughs> they recite that poem the address to haggis um and then they they all have a big feast <laughs> enjoying haggis uh burns also wrote this is just a fun fact i read burns in high school but it was called to a louse uh on seeing one in a lady's bonnet at church <laughs> that's the poem title and so he's just writing a poem about seeing a louse in this lady's bonnet at church just a funny dude. How Scottish of him. How that's, Scottish that's, of him. That's their national poet right there. Rats in church. God bless him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's pretty much all I have uh, for culture. Scotland, Scotland, we pick on it, but it does have some rich culture. It has very rich history. Yeah, it really does. They also have um, Auld Lang Sing. Oh, which do is my, tell. My last little little bit on culture and what is widely popularized though not a lot of people know it comes from scotland mm. uh all long sing was the, the little song we played at the beginning of this episode yeah the one that's uh regularly played around new year's and that's um it comes from scottish poet robert burns dude that was who i was talking about that's your boy that? yep the, wow. the poet national one, <laughs> national poet of scotland same wow. guy cool yep and um, I believe 1788 is when it was, though that was when it was published. And though it's based on sort of like a compilation of other folk, like another folk song mm -hmm. and lyrics from other ones. Um, it's basically sort of like he composed it as like an ode to old times <laughs> or like if you're Scottish, better times. <laughs> the good old days. Like the old times. It has a lot of um, different... Uh, since it comes from so many contexts and mm -hmm. stuff, oh, from, from all the dead languages it's taken from. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm. It can be interpreted differently. All long since, it's like old, long since, long, long ago, days gone by, old times. Um, it could be loosely translated where, because they say it for old, long sing, and that's how it appears in the first time of the course. 
it could be translated as for the sake of old times. Hmm. Interesting. So that's how the song starts. Gotcha. Um, so it's really just sort of like that ode to Scottish history. Sure. And like the old times of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah. The old roots. Everything they've done. But it, it was more of like, it was a folk song previously hmm. up until then that people had just sung about. And it wasn't until 1788 that your boy Robert Burns just pirated that shit. Booyah. <laughs> and he sent Thank it you, in Robert. to the Scottish Musical Museum with the remark, the following song, an old song of the olden times, and which has never been in print, nor even in manuscript, until I took it down from an old man. Hmm. Wow, how about that? That's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, the original publisher or printer was James Watson. Mm-hmm. It was. It just had like very similar verses. So Burns just like took that, gutted it, used it as a template, inserted a bunch of folk songs in there. Gotcha. And now we have all along the same. Wow, how about that? Yeah, so that's cool, like a little ode to Scottish culture. Cool. That has then just been that's literally also yeah. stolen, like Halloween, yeah. and is now just used to celebrate another <laughs> I corporate can't wait for next holiday. <laughs> to see what, what holiday has been stolen next. <laughs> <laughs> What else has been finessed from the sky? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Wow. I learned a lot about Scottish culture today. Yes, I did too. And I hope yeah. you did as yeah. well. Learn a lot about Scottish culture. Yes, listener. Did you learn? Did you learn that it's something other than a meme? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know if you did. Yeah. And if so, Send us an email where did you get that information from? Because <laughs> yeah. we couldn't what find the it. Hell? <laughs> well thanks so much for listening uh tune in next week as we talk about um the scottish's favorite people the british the british (laughs) (laughs) booyah and then after that finally we get to the kelpie the kelpie all this scottish tradition folklore and culture and uh, shitty history (laughs) yeah kelpie kelpie cool thanks for listening listener tune in next time listener peace Thank you.